Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the North Field Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Um, really thankful to have this conversation um, uh, with, a, with a dear friend of mine, Mike Kola. He is the pastor of Trinity Wesleyan Church in Indianapolis. And we talk about community. We're going to talk about friendship. And we're going to talk about um, what it looks like to have intentionality in our friendships. And, and that's going to be the bulk of the podcast, but they're also, we're going to be touching on some topics and some subjects um, that, that are maybe not kosher to have the conversation with, because I, I said, turn to the Wesleyan. And if you guys know, I'm, I'm not a Wesleyan and I, I land in a reformed camp in a, in a reformed Baptist camp. And so we have, um, ideas and theology that we don't agree on and we touch on some of that and i and i i want to reiterate that you don't have to be friends with people and always agree with them and and if you think that 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 people agreeing with you all the time uh, is the prerequisite for you being friends with somebody you're going to be a lonely person and so we have conversations and listen it's okay to disagree it's okay and have respectful conversations about uh, these things. We, we don't have to rip each other's lungs out um, and, and, and these things. And we don't have to lose um, our convictions over, over, over what we think is true and right, right? So looking forward to, to this conversation. I, I pray it edifies you. I pray that it challenges you and, and helps you. Um, in your walk this week. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, Pastor Mike Kola. How in the world are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. It is really good to get a connect. Gosh, it's been too many minute. years. Um, and it's good minute. to see your face. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good, good to see, see your yours, face. yours as well. I know we, we, we're friends on social media and we see each other's stuff. And I see you guys doing stuff with your family. And you guys are moving and grooving up there in, in uh, Indianapolis. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Things are going well there. So, uh, how was your Christmas? It was really good. We, uh, I mean, of course, we have uh, we have. There's the church side of that answer, and sure. then there's the personal sure. side. Yeah. The uh, the church church side is good. I mean, we've got we've got a a number of campuses around the city, and so the staff is just they're going bananas trying to you know work everything in. And the different locations have different outreach events. Right. So they've all got a they've all got a community outreach event that they do. The downtown location does like this arts and jazz festival thing, and uh, one of the locations in the suburbs does this like North Pole experience where they um, do like everything. an outside. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Nice. And so it, it, each of the places, they, they all do their own thing. So between all the services and the outreach events and stuff, it was it was madness. But they're amazing. And I love our team so much. And I'm so grateful. Personal side, it's honestly just wonderful to be with family. And yeah. uh, that's that intimacy, being close with family is so important to me. Yeah, it, absolutely, hundred percent. And I and I've known your your dad, your your family for golly decades, and and we've uh, we've yeah. been we've been friends. Uh, you you mm-hmm. came, your dad came to pastor at First Wesleyan uh, here in Bartlesville. Golly, I was in maybe se- sixth, seventh grade at the time. So oh yeah, neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, that was. I remember that. That was a hot minute ago. Um, uh, but yeah, I, we've known you guys for a long time. And one of the things that I, I've noticed you, you, you put out there and cause I remember growing up with you and we, we weren't like close, close friends. We were acquaintances and we, yeah. we a little bit, but one yeah. of the things that I wanted to just focus on is you all, you had a core group of, of fellas of, of men that yeah. were, that were friends with you and you guys did stuff together growing up but you guys now have all drifted apart everybody's on different places in, on the map in, in america but you guys try to dedicate a time where you all come mm-hmm. together um for like a weekend and, and just and just do life together over that weekend and you have this intentionality how important is is genuine friendship in 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 the christian context yeah well um i mean i think i think a couple things come to mind one is we we had 
we were very blessed when we were young. We were, and of course you were too. We were actually both a part of really dynamic youth groups growing up. Yeah. And um, for us, our, our youth pastor, Eddie, he, uh, he gathered us together. We were young and I remember we were all hanging out and uh, he introduced this idea. We were like in seventh, eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, right in that pocket. He introduced this idea of accountability. We had never really known that before, like accountability. So we were at a spiritual retreat. God was moving. It's kind of a classic camp thing where it's like Thursday night, everybody's crying at the altar and rededicating their lives to Jesus. And and Eddie basically sat down with us and was like, hey, you know what? I want to introduce you, Eddie Shigley did, to the idea of uh, an accountability group. And he kind of walked us through that basic framework of what it means to walk in confession like what does it mean to speak what is true about what is in you and then uh and then like if you're using kind of classic church language then even speak like the blessing so the others others speak sure. what is true about you from god over you um and what it means then to uh to have people hold you accountable you know to speak truth into you and to live up to you and their desire is not only to be close to you but their desire is for you to be close to god and that's the primary driver of the relationship and so years ago when he did that, there's a handful of us. So uh, James Wall, Aaron Stroman, Lance Wyatt, uh, David Stewart, Jeremy Little, and myself. We're kind of the ones that others came and go over the years, sure. uh, but we were kind of the ones that just, I mean, m- more than 20 years just have continued to to engage on a regular basis in those ways. And that's it. It's basically just opening up our lives. We Those are the people in whom I hold no secrets. Um, and so anything that they ask from how much money I make to what I'm doing with my time, uh, even internet accountability, I mean, they have total access to my life. And, uh, and that confession, speaking what is true, they get to speak what is true over my life and I do over theirs. And that level of transparency just created an intimacy uh, between us, that's really awesome, and it's centered on our love of God and our desire for each of us to be close to God. Yeah, that's that's, and that for some reason, like we 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 romanticize the idea in the church, and, but when yeah. it comes to actual practicality and actually putting you know shoes to the pavement, it it, it falls yeah. flat. Why do you think that? Why do you think it falls flat? Uh, well, I, I think there are a couple different things. I I think that. Uh, and post 2020, I mean, like for sure, the the movement towards uh, d- the digital experience, the, the a lot of people in this world view the digital experience as a qualifying supplement for real in-person relationships. And it's just it's just it's just not that's part of it. But I do think even as a precursor to that um, is this idea that um, if I believe if I believe that the people that are closest to me are the ones that are supporting what I want in life, my relationships are only as secure as the consistency of my desires, Mm. right? So what I mean by that is if uh, one day I really want to get in shape and really want to work out and I want to surround myself with people that get in shape and work out, then those relationships are really solid and they're really strong and they're holding me accountable. But the day I don't want to do that, now those same core relationships are keeping me from the new thing that I want. Right. And so then it's like I got to find a new set of friends and a new group of people to support my new desires and my new wants. Um, And so I think really in all honesty, you can't have time transcendent friendships until you attach yourself to things that are time transcendent. Mm -hmm. And the most true thing about me isn't me, it's God. Yeah. Um, and so the more we sit down as a group and go, whether we're old or young, uh, whether we're doctoral students or, you know, uh, only graduated from high school, it doesn't matter. Um, the very most core thing of who we are isn't um, whether we'd like to work out right now or whether we want to, you know, enjoy whether we're married or single. The most true yeah. thing about us is is God. Um, and the more that we articulate that as a group, our love of God, our pursuit of God, God is the core of who we are. It gives us something to bind ourselves to that is more transcendent than any pastime, hobby, preference, liking, change of mind. So I think the core of this and really what the world loses is something to attach themselves to that's more transcendent than something temporary. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. No, it, it, you've got in because it, here's the thing. We're only here for a finite amount of time. And eventually, I mean, 
we're going to be moving on at some point. I mean, we're, we're all, we all have an end date, right? Like there's, that's, yeah. it's, it's been set. And so the end date's coming. And, and if we're, if we're pursuing and chasing things that are, that are here, then it, a lot of times it's going to fall flat. But if we, if we're, yeah. if we're pursuing Christ and we put people that are in the middle of our, that are in our lives that are also pursuing Christ, um, there's going to be a sweetness to the relationships, I think. And it's just going to be, yeah. Be- yeah, a good a good way to even think about some of this, at least for me, has been like take for example, if you played sports in high school. So I played football for a little bit in high school, and I had football friends. And on all honesty, I spent a ton of time with them while I was doing that. So it's like yeah. hours every day. Um, you go and hang out with them on a Friday night. You spend time with. I mean, like you're with these people all the time. Right. But as soon as football comes to an end, the relationships begin to dissolve. Because the core of the relationship was a very temporary thing. And so uh, the reality is putting transcendent Christ in the core of your relationship actually gives you an anchor that is it's stronger than all these temporary things that come and go with time. Um, And so, I mean, really, in all honesty, the secret to our group um, has not been a hobby, a pastime, uh, a common education level. Um, It's not been a common income level. Some of us uh, have done very well financially. Others are struggling more financially. Some of us are really highly educated. Um, Some of us, you know, only went to high school. None of those things are the core of who we are. The core of who we are is time transcendent Christ. And that alone is an incredible anchor that um, is rewarding, incredibly rewarding too. Yeah. That's, I mean, that it, it's, it's interesting that you say that because everybody, everybody has, and that's, that's the beauty of, in, of, of the church is that there's so many different types of people that, that fall into the camp in the church and they have all these different hobbies and ideas and, and things that they love, things that they hate, but the common denominator is Christ. And so when you have the Lord Jesus at the center of those things, those relationships that you know everything else sort of kind of revolves around that reality right and yeah. so I, I i just i i look at the world in which we live like it's it's chaos it's it's weird it's there's i mean just just when you think okay it can't get any weirder you turn mm-hmm. on the news and it it gets weirder so mm-hmm. this idea of community i mean I think that there's gonna come a season and a time where we're gonna we're gonna need one another we had in the pre before we started before I hit the record button we were talking about this um this idea of of genuine mm-hmm. community because we live in we live in the world right now of mega church this mega church that and and you know for all the things that it is and all the things that it's not the 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 idea of having community in those environments can sometimes be difficult how how can um with with the crazy that's that I that I personally think is coming how do you think that having genuine Christ honoring community can help? Yeah, uh, well, I, I think um, in my mind, even even before that, I think there's the reality that the first person that we have to learn to get along with rightly is, in a sense, as odd as it is, uh, it, it, is our, is ourselves i mean like and you can't but even we uh, alone are inconsistent uh you know like you 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 go to bed you know you you wake up one morning it's new year's day and you want to be the best you and get in shape and you're proud of all that and read then by bible. the time you eat yeah that's right read my bible being and then by the time you go to bed you're tired and want to binge netflix and eat cake yep. and so you aren't even consistently true to you and oh. so i think a lot of the there's just there is a relational uh, cognitive dissonance that's that people have even within themselves. Mm-hmm. And so to to compass even yourself around Christ and go, what I do with my time, what I do with my energy, what I do uh, with my talents, what I do, I mean, all of who I am, if I compass that around the transcendent mm-hmm. Christ, it doesn't only give me the ability to connect with others. It gives me the ability to be able to connect with myself in a consistent way. Um, so whether I want cheesecake or want to get in shape, um, the decision can be made by the truer me, which is Christ in me. And so I, I really think that um, as funny as this sounds, you can't be committed to a group of people well until you yourself are committed to something that's trans- transcendent and reliable. Um 
What kind of a committed person are you going to be to a group that wants to get deeper in the word of God when you're only deeper in the word of God when you want to be? So like yeah. you can't yeah, you can't you can't be a consistent participant in a group of friends until you have compassed yourself along with something that's more consistent than your mere appetites and desires. And so I really think the first thing before anything else, before going, look for this in a group of friends, pay attention to these things. These are the kind of conversations to have before any of that can take place. You have to look in the mirror and go, what am I going to compass myself by? Um, I cannot be merely led by my appetites that come and go based on the day or whatever the day is. Um, so I think that's the first thing is you got to look in the mirror and go, um, what am I going to compass my life by? And then if you choose Christ, his ways, which I think is the I mean, the God of the universe is the most time transcendent, reliable. Um, when you say this is what I'm going to compass my life by, then you have something consistent to offer a group. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, man, that's I, that's well said. It's, that's perfect. Um, I just, you went through so many, there was a, there was even a, you had a, you made some social media posts and some videos in regards to, to how you guys work in your, in your sense yeah. of community. And, and I think that that's like, we were, I, I don't know. I just being a, and maybe you can, you can speak to this and say, yes, yes. Yeah. And amen. Or, or no, you're crazy. Um, but I, I think in ministry, it can sometimes be lonely. And, yeah. and it, it can just, because that, that vulner, vulnerability, we don't want to just say, Hey, yeah, you know what? I am struggling with some, some anxiety. Right. I am struggling with some lust. I am struggling, you know, whatever that is. And we right. don't want, because we don't want people to think, well, oh my gosh, my pastor's a mess. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes we can be, but by the grace of God, we don't stay there. Um, yeah. We, we pursue holiness and righteousness. That's the calling. But just to be able to articulate that with friends, to to, to, to articulate that, especially for us as guys, because women can do that. Yeah. You, Branson, and you see in Branson, right? When the when the buses open up, it's not a bunch of old dudes getting out of the buses and and bebopping down. It's a bunch of gray headed old ladies, and, and so yeah. ladies, I think, have this sense of community down way better than we as men do, right? Uh, and I think that's maybe a cultural thing that we've done to ourselves, where we said, okay, yeah. No, I'm a rock. I'm an island. I don't need anybody. And the truth is we do need each other. And, yeah. and if we're not surrounding ourselves with other men, other other Christians that are pushing us towards looking to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, then I think we're going to, yeah. it's going to have this, this fizzle effect. And I think that's the reason we see so many people dropping out and we have, mm-hmm. I mean, just apostasy left and right. And we have people that are yep. really good, you know, Christians in the church and they're just jumping ship and like, w- w- what happened? And I-, I think it's, it boils down to um, people yeah. not, not valuing biblical community. I don't know. Speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, well, you're, you're right on. I think a couple of different things in that no, I mean, number one, we as a theology guy even myself christianity the tenets of core christianity um as a set of propositions or ideas to believe in and agree to and adhere to that is really important so like you know whatever the apostles creed chalcedian creeds whatever i mean whatever movement you're from as long as those core central christian doctrines are there that you know um, you know, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, like these core Christian ideas to know them and agree to them. That's essential, absolutely essential. But we have to remember, even the demons believe and trim or even the demons believe and tremble like uh, Christianity is not merely knowing a set of truths and agreeing that they're true. It has to be truths embodied in who we are. Um, and so like what, what I, you know, what I, what I work really hard to do in the church is make sure that the church is not merely, uh, like, so, so to use education language, pedagogically speaking, to make sure that the church is not merely a delivery of information, but it is a community to practice a truth. Um, so the, the church is not, it is not a lecture hall, (laughs) though there is a lecture component to it. That's not what it is. Um, the church is a family in which you practice your faith out with each other. It requires the participation. Um, and, and somewhere along the line, 
the church made a shift where it became more about products being produced rather than people that we do life with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in the local church, one of the things that we have to really reclaim is the idea that this is not merely a place of ideas, though it is a place of ideas. It's not merely a place of ideas. Right. It is a place where ideas are embodied. Mom. And so we want you to be a part of this. I actually, comically speaking, uh, I didn't realize you were talking about this. We are the whole of 2024. We're really leaning in heavy with all of our campuses and uh, and I, I I actually wrote a book that I released to the church, but I haven't released it publicly yet. Though it, it did just go live on Amazon uh, yesterday, two days ago, and you don't even know this. I didn't uh, know, but this. yeah. So friendship redefined, right? Yeah, friendship awesome. redefined, and it's literally it's literally teaching our congregation what it means. I mean, what it means to have spiritual friendship. Um, what are those absolute key components that you have to internally be able to embrace? What does it mean that I can be compassed so then I can offer something to a group? And then what am I looking for in a group with other people? Um, yeah, so th- I mean, I think that's huge. And so that basic framework, more than anything else, has to begin with this idea that Christianity for us, the church, is not merely a place of ideas, though it is a place of ideas. But it is a place where ideas are practiced and embodied. So yeah. you have to participate in the community or you're not really doing what church is supposed to do. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I, it's one of those things that I, I am mystified by the people who are nominal church attenders. Uh, like they go once a month or once every month and a half. And it's one of those things where I'm like, if that was your family... If you did that yeah. with family, I mean, if I, if I did that with my wife and I showed up at my house right. once a right. month and I spent an right. hour with my wife once a month, what's my relationship going to look like? Like it's going to yeah. be mess. It, it's not yeah. going to be intimate. It's not going to be vibrant. It's going to be hostile and it's going to be a cold. Yeah. I'm going to come in and, and I'm, I'm going to take what I want for the hour I'm here and then I'm leaving. And that's that, right. That's not family. That's not community. That's not biblical. Right. Well, so, I think, yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I think uh, even jumping back to your earlier thing, one thing about being a pastor, I think one of the primary ways to reduce loneliness for the pastor is the pastor has to cultivate an environment where relationships, real transparent, healthy relationships are a part of the community. And when they are a part of the community, it's just a natural byproduct for the pastor to be able to participate. So if you train a group of people that they're only supposed to be entertaining ideas or entertained in general at church, you're going to feel distant even if they're doing exactly – because if the people are doing exactly what you taught them to do, they're not being intimate with you. Right. Um and so you you do have to, I mean, that, that's this. You've got to cultivate a group of people that have the capacity to do relationship. And, and here's the thing, too. I, I have this I have this sneaking suspicion. And a lot of this came out of my doctoral work, especially uh, in year three. I'm still in, I'm not finished yet. I'm still working on my dissertation right now. I'm in the last stages of it, um, Lord willing. And uh, so I haven't defended it yet. I'm not finished, but I'm getting close. Yeah. And uh, in in a lot of that research, the reality is I am discovering with with relationships in general, I'm discovering that uh, people are able to download excellence. Like if you're looking for the best music, you can download it on the fly. People can download if you're looking for the the best communicator, you can download it on the fly. Oh man, yeah. Um, if you're that's right, best music, best information, best lecture, best ideas, best. I mean, you can you can download excellence really easily. You can't really download intimacy. You can download variants of intimacy, but not full intimacy. And so the church of tomorrow, yes, they need to get information right. But the church of tomorrow is going to have to lean into what cannot be downloaded. And what can't be downloaded is the intimacy. So as the church, the churches that figure out how to become more personal are the ones that will actually have people present. Because if they're just about producing a product, why go to church at all? You can download excellence easily. Does that make sense? No, and yeah, no, that's, and that was one of the things that that really Man, I, I think that that COVID and all all the stuff that online church stuff sort of kind of messed up is is we, I guess it it it, it showed right. us 
that well shoot i can i can watch mike online i don't even need to really right. I, can, I don't need to leave my pajamas i don't need to go to my church and it gives right. us an excuse to 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 get away from that but then we're like Kali, i just wish i had somebody around to to just pray with me well then go to your local church you know, you don't yeah. you can't get a podcast to pray for you you can't get a right. uh you need interactions you ha- you need to have fellowship you need to have community and you can only really genuinely find that kind of stuff in the local new testament church where it's going to play where it's going to be played out for for eternity right. like you can go to the bar and have community i get that but it's going to be it's going to fall flat because eventually yes. the alcohol is going to run dry you're going to you know you're going to get old you know, look, look at us. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's right. It happens. It happens. Right. And so eventually that's going to fall flat. What happens when, what happens when you die? Where's that? What's that look like? What yeah. those kind of questions can't get answered in a bar or, you know, on, on a, a poker night, what needs to, you have to be with a group of, of godly men and women who are going to say, okay, yeah, here's who Jesus is, here's what Christ has done. So I just, well, and, and one of the, yeah, and one of the I think I, there are a, a number of different things in here, but one of, one of the primary metaphors that I use throughout the book is this idea that uh, we are we are not greater in our independence; we're greater in interdependence. Like we're made to need other people. Yeah. And uh, the metaphor that I use is uh, in the in throughout the book is this idea of, of you're a puzzle piece. So, like, if you take a puzzle piece, if you imagine one in your mind. It's got like the protrusions, the parts that stick out, yeah. and then it's got like the intrusions, the parts that are in there, and they 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 fit together. That's what holds it tight is the is as they fit together. If you have a puzzle piece that has no none of the protrusions or the intrusion part, it's just like a square. It yeah. easily falls apart. It doesn't stay together. It just slides. So like you need the gifting of other people. Which the odd thing is, in our culture, we see needing another person as a weakness. Mm. But like biblically speaking, I mean, even like think of the apest, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. I mean, we even know through scripture that God creates people with gifting, which means he creates people on purpose that need the gifting. Right. So like and I'm not talking about sin issues like I'm not talking about like an addiction to pornography. but, But like literal things like, hey, I'm not good at math. Or, hey, I'm not a really good organizer. Or, you know, hey, I'm really good at organizing, but I've never been really good at, like, relationship stuff. Or, you know, I'm really good at music, and I'm not good at music, but I love to listen to music. Like, all of the unique things that make us, us, it is imperative that we are honest about our gifting. We're really good at that in the West, but we're also honest about our needs of other people. And so, like, I've even thought, I've not done this, but I was speaking at a, a group of uh, pastors, uh, for a group of pastors here before the holidays hit. And I encourage them, I was walking them through this idea of interdependence. Like, you're actually stronger when you admit your needs of other people. And I was like, go back and do a personality test again. I don't care which one you choose, right? Like Myers-Briggs, whatever. And when you do the personality test, go around the room and instead of bragging about your gifting, everybody make very clear your area of needing another person. Mm. So like interesting when it hits you, do the personality test again. Sure. And when it gets to you, we always talk about the gifting, the area that we're good. So it's like, hey, I'm really good with numbers. Why don't you hit it when it comes to you this time? Go, you know what? I really need help with interpersonal skills. And then as that need is voiced around the room, be able to go, hey, I, I could help with that. Or it's like, I'm not right. really good at organizing. Hey, I could help with that. And so I really do think like one of the core, one of the ideas in this, one of the core pieces of this is getting a group of people together in whom they make it normal to celebrate not only their strengths, but even celebrate their areas of needing other people. That's so important. Um, And it gives you the capacity to grow like a puzzle, to grow tighter and tighter with that group. Um, where now they know I've got an important role to play in Mike's life. You know, hey, yeah. this is one thing Caleb can really help me with, but I know Caleb really needs me in this area. Right. Um, and celebrating that uniqueness and realizing God created us on purpose with the need of another person. Come on, man. I love that. Man, I love that. So, okay. So is that book available? You can purchase it online? Yeah, you can. Uh, we did. I, I did this one. Uh, we did this one self-published, though I've got a great team and they did a great job editing it. It should be live, especially if you're posting. It should be live now on Amazon. 
if you just go to uh in fact i can even check and see if if it's if it's up now uh, but it should be live on amazon it's just called friendship redefined by mike cola let me check it out again nice. and uh let's see friendship redefined let me see let me make sure this is live yeah it is and, and it, it is. literally just went up so there's no no purchases no nothing it's brand new so you're, you're the first yes <laughs> i mean yay my, I gave, I gave my church, my church, we've already printed these off and handed them out to the whole church. So my church has them all, but this is, it's sure. just as of now, public and up. Go buy the book, folks. Come on. What, I mean, what do you, it's, uh, we're only in the, the, just a few days into January. Come on. You can still, and what, you can still get that's it. That's right. And what I do, what I do, uh, since mm-hmm. I publish through my church and we have a, we have a printer that goes to the church since I get, I'm able to do this all internally. Sure. I make all of the stuff that I make, I make as cheap or free as possible. So, mm-hmm. uh, the lo- it's, it, if you're an Amazon prime user, it's free, you just download it and read it. Uh, yeah. if you're not a prime user, I think it costs 99 cents. I think that's right. But, oh, uh, it's cheaper but than yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I care. I a hundred percent that's for the digital version to buy the book would be sure, more expensive sure. but for the digital version. You can get it for nothing, but definitely it's worth, it's worth checking out. Um, yeah. So there, cool. there you go. So you, 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 are you still, you still got your, your blog and all that kind of fun stuff. You still writing and all that. Uh... I do most of my, uh, I haven't, I haven't done a lot. That's a great question. I haven't done a lot on the Luke 117 as of late for two reasons. One is I've been immersed in writing this and working on my dissertation yep. uh, for the last, you know, for the last year. And, uh, and then I've just been, most of the stuff I've been doing lately has just been on Facebook. Yep. Um, yep. I feel like more people are active on Facebook than 100%. they are like a blog. I'm going to put this, and so, this will be online on Facebook. That's where it's going. You at YouTube. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I feel like I just get more engagement uh, from that. The blog is broader. I mean, definitely with the blog, I'll have people that will write in from like Uganda and they're like, oh, I stumbled across this. That's so awesome. But within my uh, connected group, uh, they're way more involved in, in, in like in like Facebook. Maybe that makes me old. The kids, whatever they're using today, is something different. I'm sure these days I'm telling you. But yeah, no, that's uh that's fantastic. So if, if somebody's wanting to get in touch with you, figure out what, what's going on uh, in your world ministry wise, they can find you on Facebook. They can find you um, just. Uh, yeah. We'll plug yeah. You can just. Website. Yeah. And you can just tag me in the uh, uh, if you want, you can just tag me yeah. whenever you post this to Facebook and uh, and yeah. And, and jump in. I love the conversations. It's fun to learn and grow together. Uh, I, I find I'm definitely in a season of learning. Um, and so I love to, I love to learn. I love to grow. I love to think stuff through. And so I'll post ideas, even some ideas that I'm still working through, um, on social media. And it's always fun to get people's thoughts and feedback. Um, and, and, and the other thing I think that's cool about the internet, this is a little bit of a side note, but I think it does play into the connectedness too. Um, I think God is beginning to work some miraculous stuff when it comes to like the ecumenical church, like the church as a whole, um, like we went to, for example, uh, a couple of my worship leaders are involved with Asbury. So they went to the Asbury Revival and helped out with it. I took my kids to it, too. I don't know. Did you hear about the Asbury I Revival? Did. Yep, yep, yep. And so I was there. I went to it. And in fact, some of my staff, staff actually helped with it. And uh, and it was really cool. It was cool just to kind of go and check out who knows what the Lord will do with this long term. Yeah. All I know is this. There's a whole bunch of young people that are excited about Jesus. And I'm going to celebrate that with uh, with everything that I can. That's um, awesome. All right, we're taking a small break here. Just want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Uh, quick, just little ad here for Outpost. They have uh, been such such good folks to us and great coffee. In fact, I'm drinking um, one of their a cup of their coffee right now, and it's fantastic. So check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. And also I want to say thanks to Scott Gillette for um, putting his shoulder to the wheel and supporting this podcast. Uh, if you're looking for insurance, he is uh, the guy to get in touch with. He's my insurance guy, Scott Gillette. Um, you'll see his information in the show notes. Um, give him a shout. 
he would um, love to help you with all of your insurance needs. Okay, now that the advertising is over with, uh, we're going to get back into the conversation with Pastor Mike. Um, There is this growing desire for this ecumenical coming together of Christians that I'm at least beginning to sense um, within the city. And it may not be true in smaller communities yet, but at least within the city, there's this this desire for Christians to want to come together. And, you know, the the old proverb, I'm sure you've heard it before, you know, when there's an enemy at the gate, brothers will stop courting or brothers will stop battling. And the idea is, you know, that you know, brothers that are fighting with each other and, you know, this is mine, it's yours. But when an enemy comes to the gate, those brothers that were quarreling are now, they're together. I think there's going to come a time think, where we're going to have to lock shields. Yep. Uh, and yep, it's, that's right. It, it is a, it is a serious thing. And, and I, listen, there, there are certain things that, that I will, I mean, this, and this is the cool thing about this is that I know that you and I, we, 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 we're in different theological camps. And this is the beauty of, of genuine, because if everybody had yeah. to believe like me, I'd be a lonely guy. And so yeah. I love that, that you and I, we land in different theological camps on, on, I think second, uh, certain, certain issues, but yeah. I can tell you this much. I know that you love Christ. I know you, that his word, oh, man. Is the authoritative, the, 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 the word, his word is the authoritative, um, foundation in your life and and that 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 the church is the primary organization that we should be pushing all our chips in on um yeah that's right when i when i see that and i hear that hey this is you know it's hilarious this is the second podcast where i Mm -hmm. had uh, a a daughter come in and just love on a dad i love this i love the best you want to say hi kara I don't know who you are, but hi. That's Caleb. Hi there. It's good to meet you. I'm Caleb. Great to meet you. She is number four in my lineup, and she's fantastic. Why are you crying? Oh, I'm not crying. Oh. Do I look like I'm crying? <laughs> oh, Caleb made me sad. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Er, are you growling? I love you, honey. Thank you. You're beautiful. That's it's awesome. Good to are you talking to him about this? I was we a are. Bit. Yep. Is that okay with you that I passed the test? All right, <laughs> let me finish this, and then I'll come and get you some friends. So like uh, one of the things that that comes to my mind, like even I'm finding conversation. I love you too very much. Uh, one of the conversations that that comes to my mind, uh, and I don't know this this probably wouldn't be you can share this or not. It's up to you. Yeah. But like I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, like a difference might be women in ministry. Like let's take okay. that as one. Sure. So Absolutely. like when you begin to really get into the guts and different groups have different stances on this right so and really what it comes down to is the question of what is an elder like what exactly is an elder sure well there are there are whole christian movements so like biblically speaking in between my masters and my doctorate uh so after i did my first masters at wesley and before i did my doctoral work I wanted to get a better grasp on reformed theology so i did a bunch of online classes through dts dallas theological seminary and uh, and a few other schools. I did a couple. They just have those like the the big online ones, the MOOC ones, or whatever. So nothing, not nothing like deep or official, but just to get a better grasp of it all. Sure. And I was blown away between each of my degrees, looking in different camps, how they view that phrase or the work of an elder. Like what is an elder? Sure. And so, as 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 Christians as a whole become more educated, all of a sudden you sit back and you go, oh. We're not rebelling against each other. We're reading this through different lenses. Okay. Does that make sense? I, I think and, so. Because I, because I, you and I would definitely read that through different lenses. Because I, 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 I look at First Timothy, and I see, and I see the elder role is an exclusive masculine thing, and and right. obviously you don't. And and this is and this is where I want to try to get to here is that just because I don't agree with it, because here's what we've done in in start it really started the right. end of 2019 end of 2020 right. was, if i don't agree with you we can't be friends right anymore. and right. that's just that's it, a lie that's that's, that's right. a lie. you you can still have community still be friends with someone who who has a different view on things now if right. you, you looked at me and said listen i believe that you can get to heaven any way shape or form and you, you and it's you know, it doesn't right. there's many roads to jesus or there's many roads to heaven and jesus is just one I would look at you and go, well, I probably can't have fellowship with you. If we have, right. if we have some some disagreements on on right. biblical um, 
teachings, we can walk through that respectfully and as, right. as friends and not right. like crunch each other's throats. And I think right. that's the problem in which we live because I, I, I land more in a, a reform community. And that this is one of the things that I, I, I love and I hate at right. the same time with our, is, is we have this purist mindset, which is, I, I love, I'm glad. Right. But right. sometimes we can just want to beat each other into the ground. And I'm like, that's not really helpful. And I, I think there's, there's a way to communicate and say, okay, here's where I stand from a biblical perspective. Show me, show me from the text why you think right. X, Y, or Z, and then be able to have work that out together, and and right. that's right, and take time with one another because it's back to what I said. The pagans are at the door trying to 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 rip our kids right. in half, and and right. we, what are we doing? Like we're we there are certain times to have those discussions. I'm not saying I, I got some really right. good. Presbyterian friends that baptize their babies. And I think that that's crazy. Right. That's just, you know, right, right, that's, right, that's right. 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 And so right. I, I have to look through a different lens of that and respectfully understand what they're, what they're doing. And I, okay, yeah. what they're doing. I know that they don't believe that that thing, that the water saves them, but they're, you know, we're working through this together. And so we, we have this, yeah. um, we have I have, Conversation. I have friends that don't believe like me, and that's okay. Yeah, I love that. yeah, you know, and the and the and again, the beauty is, I, like, the 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 church actually is way more unified than we realize when we start to include church history. So, like, I mean, we don't, you know, like even the baptism of babies, you know, we 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 would align more with you all in that there has to be a choice to choose the baptism, right? Like, if yeah. you're not believers choosing got, it, how does that believers baptism, and, right? Right, that's exactly right. And I remember really wrestling with that until I had a long conversation. I think I have a baby screaming in the background. I apologize. It's okay. Um, but you know, until I until I had a long conversation with a historian about it, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I get what yeah. so. They have catechism, right? So sure. they baptize the baby. It, it is a promise of the church and the people to raise the child in faith. That's what happens, right? And then at the end of catechism, when they're old enough, then they do what they call confirmation. So in a sense, their baptism is a multi-year huge span that begins in that moment and ends with confirmation. We just don't see it because we think about only that moment. And so, like, this is, again, where church history really helps us show we're not nearly as far apart as we think we are. Yeah. Um, and, and, and our language yeah. sometimes can get really weird, and, and it can jump back and forth. But I, I, told my, I told my Presbyterian friend, I said, so you basically tell me it's a wet baby dedication. So, <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, I guess you could do that. And I was like, all right, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it does. It does. I, I just... And, and and again, I think the beauty of this, which exactly this is exactly right. I mean, the beauty of this is uh, is it gives us, and 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 I, I find this to be especially true among more and more of the young Christians. They're not giving up their traditions. What they're doing is they're trying to figure out where they came from and why they're there. Sure. And as they're doing that, they're finding that they don't have to be enemies with everybody that they thought they had to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 one of the things that I've been wrestling in my own personal journey is my own personal eschatology. And, and yeah. I've been yeah. wrestling with that. And right. I, for years, I was right. a tribulation rapture guy. And I still yeah. very much that I'm still leaning that way. But I'm still, right. you know, that I've been studying post-millennialism, amillennialism, yeah. all these right. Right. other right. Right. studies. And I have a ton of friends that, that don't believe like me, and I still love them. Like I still yeah. want to fellowship with them. They can still come to my house and eat my food and 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 hang out. And we we have respectful conversations with one another. And and we yeah. At the end of the day, here's here's the thing. Pick any of these. Uh, if it's gosh, I don't know. If it's if it's if it's you know if it's the eschatology bent. At the end of the day, Caleb, when you and I are sitting in heaven and we find out that it didn't play out the way we wanted, right. <laughs> Yeah. It's cool. I'm still as long there as I'm with Jesus. I'm real happy. We're Same still thing. there. If we get to heaven, if we get to heaven, I, if we get to heaven and, uh, and Jesus is like, here's the deal. The view that, you know, whatever group had it, it, uh, of what an elder is, right. is 
it, it was not just to those people at that time in history for the, it was to all right. people because of it is. And I find out that I'm wrong gladly. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't care. What I care about is being present with Jesus and every other little nuance preference thing in a heartbeat. I changed my mind on if, if Jesus told me like, it's no problem, right? Like yeah. from eschatology to uh, women in ministry to you name it, the, 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 the thing for me to hang on is not how I'm interpreting the text right now, which may continue to grow as I grow. Sure. The thing I'm hanging on is my relentless, deep, passionate love of Jesus that I am going to follow to the last breath that I have with the help of God. <laughs> you know, that's the thing that pulls me forward. And I think young people are wanting more than they're wanting people that agree with exactly how they say see things right now. There's a young, growing, passionate group of Christians that are looking for people that are radically in love with Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what that turns into. Yeah. It really will. Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, the, I don't know, like even when people come to the church, people come to our church that are that grew up Catholic, that grew up more Reformed, that grew up, um, you know, whatever, Presbyterian, you name it. And they come and they join the church. So they'll ask me all kinds of nuanced questions. And usually what I tell them is this. Um, at the feet of Jesus, all are welcome and none will be left the same. And all that to say, theology does matter. All that sure. to say, that's there a, should I mean, be councils. Yep, that's right. All does. that to say, theology does matter. All that yeah. to say, there absolutely should be councils. Um, all that to say um, that we, we have to have those conversations. They do need to take place. And, uh, and, and dude, I, yeah, my commitment is to Christ. It's not to my tradition. It's to Christ. Come on. Um, and, yeah. and, and I value the unique things about my tradition too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, and this, and this is what I love is that, is that you and I have this conversation and, and we're at the end of the day, I don't hate you. You don't hate me just because we disagree on certain topics, yeah. or certain ideas. We, we, we respectfully listen and we hear those yeah. things. We say, "Okay, I see where you're coming from. I, I yeah. understand it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray uh, and ask the Lord to give me some insight on on the uncertain things as well, and and just yeah. help me to help me to walk beside you, uh, and help. Yeah. I want, I want to, I want to see where you're at. I want to help, um, and 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 know that that Jesus is King at the end of the day, and His Word is is the thing that we stand on, and we have to and we have yeah. to align ourselves in that that vein. I guess you could say, right? Yeah. So, man, and the beauty of this, too, is we don't have to. Uh, well, like, I mean, gosh, I mean, we're, we're picking on the women ministry thing, which is actually kind of fun to do. Uh, what we it's, it's like. What we need to do is get like Wayne Grudem and N.T. Wright in a room and let them fight it out, because <laughs> right. the truth is, the truth is, like, uh, I don't need people to debate to my perspective, the reality is there are, there are scholars and thinkers that are way smarter than me that wrestle yep. through this stuff me, me too. and they respect each other. So why can't we? Well, and, uh, you know, and so I think like, get, get, and I love, by the way, I love Wayne Grudem. I've really enjoyed, uh, the, the, the systematic theology course that I did the online one with him was, was wonderful. It's going to be interesting to see how this all does kind of play out. I, I will say from my personal perspective, I do believe, even as a Wesleyan, I do believe that there are unique things. Uh, so like there's either male or female, slave, free, whatever. I do think that that is not an elimination of positions, but it's an elimination of hierarchy of value. So like um, I personally believe that there is a uniqueness to being male. And I believe that there is a uniqueness to being female. Um, and I believe that trying to erase those uniquenesses does away with God's creative handiwork. Sure. Um, and so somehow in this grand narrative, if the extreme solution is erase what it means to be female and erase what it means to be male, that can't be right. That's it not be right. No, sound. It's not, no, it's not. Um, it's, God's God's it, it, we're equal in our humanity. And that's that's right. It, we're 100 percent equal in our humanity. God's just given us different roles. And, and that's yeah. and that's not a bad thing. It's a, it should be celebrated as as a as a thing that God has has set forth and, and made uh, made a reality. Right. Right. So it, it'd be like 
it, it, my dad used to say this, it, it, everything yeah. that every, anything that has, uh, anything that's headless is dead. Anything that's got more than two heads is a freak. And yeah. so you've got to have a, you've got to have a head. Right. And who ultimately is our head, right? Christ. Yeah. And, right. he, and I'm not trying, I'm not vying for his position. I don't want, I don't right. want his, there was a guy that did that. And, and we're, we're still having consequences because of that guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I want to submit myself to, to Christ and his word and, and follow him supremely. That's, that's my goal. Yeah. It so, is. It really is. It really is beautiful. The whole church. And, you know, and then of course, you know, this, cause you're a pastor too. You just have the complexity of trying to figure out the weird, like, um, for instance, at our inner city location, we have a whole lot of fatherless families, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Epidemic. so, so yeah. So to like teach that, you know, that, that, uh, like, so the, the spiritual instruction of the home and that like these kind of unique roles that, that we lend, that we tend to put on the father. And then you have a single mom come up to you and go, can I be the spiritual head of my home? And we go, no, no, you can't. I'm sorry, single mom, you can't be the spiritual head of your home. Like clearly it's better for her to try to mentor her kids in faith. And clearly it's not ideal that she doesn't have a husband. Like both of those are true. Yeah. Um, it would be better if she had a really great marriage and a really great home and a really great providing husband who deeply loved Jesus and was teaching truths to the kids about God. And that would be better, but sure. she doesn't. She doesn't. And so I, do do? I want her to be the spiritual head of her home she because better, she doesn't have another option. Something if she wants, if she wants, yeah, I a hundred percent don't disagree. Right. And so like that, that, and you know, that in lies some of the complexity of all this too, where it's like, man, alive. You know, and so I guess we could like we want the pastor to fill some of those things, maybe. But how do you? Yeah, it's sure. the no, joys of doing real world ministry. Mom, bring it. Well, man, Mike, thank you so much for taking time to to talk to us and be on the podcast. And it it you know we start. I thought we were, we we're going to mainly talk about friendship, but and it's it's been. I love, and this is the thing. As I'm one of those guys that like I have some atheists that are my friends. I have people that are not that that are friends that don't agree or, or believe like me. And I love that, yeah. that I, I've always wanted to be a guy that is not, maybe not the smartest guy in the room, but I want to be the most available. And I want to be the guy that, that is yeah. willing to at least be a listener. And then not, not afraid to uh, interject my, my beliefs or my thoughts, but yeah, just to be like, well, Mike, you're dumb. And you know, that, 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 cause that, yeah. does that help you at the end of the day? No, does that help me? No, it ostracizes us. And the, right. what does the enemy want to do? The enemy wants to to push us aside and get us away from one another because he knows if we're away from one another and we're not willing to communicate and have these these dialogues, that yep. you're going to end up ripping each other's throats out, and and it's going to be just a problem later on. And the and who wins at the end of that one? The enemy. Right. And that's like that's yeah, that's right. There's no point in that, right? When there's an, so, when there's an enemy at the gate, the brothers stop quarreling. We got it. We got to. And I think and I, I really do genuinely believe the enemy is at our gates and we've got yeah. to be aware. We've got to, as, as the scripture tells us, to be be aware of our surroundings because the enemy is like yeah. a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And if we're and if I'm focused on fighting you and the enemy comes right. up behind me or beside you and takes you out, I'm like, well, crud, what did I do? I, I, oh. Right. So, man, we need yeah, each thanks. other. It's it's been encouraging to have this conversation. It's 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 been good. Yeah, it is. Thank you. I really appreciate you. And, and Caleb, man, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. You too, um, bro. Yeah, it's good to get a connect. Yeah.